All right, Josh, before we get the pain started here, I think it's only fair that you have a chance to get your licks in. Uh, you have an anecdote to tell me, don't you? Yeah. Um, also, hi, Rudskarn, but welcome to the show where that, I'm All that's sick. taken is red. All that's taken is yeah. red, Joshua. Okay, cool. Excellent. Um, so they, they know that this is actually something that we recorded. Yes. It's assumed that okay. this is recorded and that we're not, like, All right. speaking to them. In a, okay. We're yes, not Josh. in the room with them. Okay. No. I understand. Or I car. Or wait. Or park. How does this work or again? Wherever... Tell me the anecdote, Josh. Right. So, um... Uh... You've been gone a couple of weeks, and I haven't had a, a chance to... Well, not you haven't been gone a couple of weeks, but you haven't been on the show, and we've been on vacation and, and whatnot. Uh, so, watching the the last Horror Attic was uh, was really uncanny, because um, I fucking lived in that house. Like, like that no floor joke, plan? That, not, like, just that floor plan, like, physical details. It's not exactly the same. Like, it, it wasn't obviously made from like a photo walkthrough of my house but like that that is almost identical to the uh the the physical layout of the house that i lived in when i was like 12 uh that wow. was really weird <laughs> um like everything in my house is a little bit larger although maybe i'm just remembering it that way because i was 12 and you know like four feet tall um but now, like, would you, it, if you had to guess here, would you say that that would make the experience of running away from ghosts more or less scary in the video game? If you like, I feel like I know where to like, hide better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know all the ghost hiding spots. You've hid from ghosts in the house. Uh, your ghost was slightly exactly. larger. Maybe your ghost was flocked, or had different accents. It was northern New York, northwestern New York, so maybe, um, yeah, a bit of a, a little weird accent, a little weird New Englandish, New Englandish accent going on, Canadian. Uh, the other weird thing about living in northwestern New York is that um, I was like 15 miles away from Niagara Falls, and none of my friends had ever been there. <laughs> Like, it just didn't uh, go anywhere at all. Like, no traveling. Never been to, like, New York City. Never been out of the state. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you for sharing that with me, Josh. That is that is genuinely very interesting. You should try the game. Uh, yeah. It's pretty cheap, but it's a really good horror game. Yeah. I, it looked better than I expected from the, the, the history of the last couple of indie horror addicts that you've been doing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, certainly like, it beats Clown House in terms of polish. Did any of those clowns ever actually have the ability to hurt you not, in that game? Not one of them. I, oh, I have, okay. I have so you determined were just murdering from... clowns. Yeah, which I, I frankly, I have no regrets. I will go to St. Peter just with absolutely no reservations. Say, yeah, <laughs> I capped a few clowns. Yeah, you know, I think you Jesus is probably in hell fine. Not murdering it. enough. <laughs> uh, I, I I've determined from anecdotal evidence that yeah, apparently the clowns do attack sometimes, but I couldn't make it happen for love or money. I could not get a clown to shank me. Well, I guess that's a pretty successful horror experience. 
you scared the clowns. Speaking of scaring the clowns, uh, Josh, we are going to while away this evening without the rest of the team. Uh, I thought we might play a little nice Dungeons and Dragons. What do you say to that? Um, I have reason to suspect that nice is not the word that I will end up using to describe this experience, but, um, sure. You would not be entirely wrong. Uh, I, I've determined that we should play a small adventure. Uh, some details will be yours to determine. <laughs> some will be mine to determine. Uh, tell you what. Let's just let's just roll right into it here. Uh, we're going to be playing second edition Dungeons and Dragons, which is an edition released of in course. 1989. Uh, the most horrific one. It, yep, uh, it is a slight improvement on an embellishment of uh, the AD and D system, uh, which added modern respects. Uh, it, it's basically about as intuitive as like a Soviet submarine. Yeah, this is the version with Thaco. Yes, uh, which, oh, if you have not seen the, the video where <laughs> Rutzgarn explains Thaco to Mumbles, uh, just just search that right now. Uh, it, 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 it's really amazing. It's called uh, we did not uh, Thaco Warning, and I'll link it in the... Uh, well, we created the audio for it, and then someone took that and put it over a um, sufficiently 80s movie... Yes, that was at Zagglezig, or Jake something or other that did that. Anyway, uh, yeah, that cool. so moving on, that uh, this is actually, believe it or not, one of my favorite editions of Dungeons Dragons. Um, not because of Thacko and other similarly objectively obsolete mechanics, but because this was one of the great unbalanced systems. Like you talked a little bit about, it how has you... a certain charm. Yeah. Like, you talked a little bit about how, like, sort of the broken shit in Bethesda games actually kind of was yeah. what made them fun. Yeah, on Twitter I went into a long uh, uh, a diatribe about game balance and the uh, a push more recently towards um, making games basically balanced so that, um, you know, most builds end up with the same amount of power. Uh, that, that wasn't... As I understand it, really a design goal that anyone went into the creation of uh, D&D 2nd Edition with any kind of thought in mind. It's Dunza Dragons 2nd Edition and the previous editions were very much made to provide exciting adventures. And in this context, exciting was meant to mean uh, your hero has a slightly higher percentage chance of surviving than the average war game unit. Uh... It, it is it is possible in almost every edition of the Dragons to die as the result of a single die roll, but in second edition that was reveled in, and it was it, it was considered commonplace to create characters that are not ultimately very heroic. And speaking of which, uh, why don't we make you some characters, Josh? Now, right now, yeah. I have a poll running on Twitter, uh, which is whether I'm going to be coming up with an adventure or running one of my several uh, pre-made adventures for second, you know, for early editions of D&D. I think they're actually technically for AD&D, but they're easily adapted. Uh, but before we get to the results of that, you're going to make a choice right now, which is going to have a deep impact on how this thing goes. You ready? All right. Okay. Here's your choice. 
you're going to have three characters. And the choice is, are you going to randomly generate them? Or are you going to get pre-made characters from the adventure I'm holding in my hands right here? And I, I should warn you, each of these choices has a terrible unforeseen consequence. And I won't tell you what they are until you've picked. I have a suspicion that I know what the terrible consequence is if I generate them. And I, I dig that. So let's go with, uh, I'll generate new characters. Um, I was really hoping you'd say that. Okay. Also, because so pre-generated second edition characters tend to be really boring. Right. Uh, well, technically these are AD&D characters, but again, it's easily converted. Uh, so I I, I'll, I'll just go ahead and... the two, to be honest. And I don't I'll know just if go it's ahead worth taking the time to explain. It isn't. It really isn't. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and confirm, I, I believe, your suspicions. Uh, so the consequence for choosing pre-made characters would be that you wouldn't choose pre-made characters. You would choose to have pre-made characters, and then I would pick from the list what you get. Uh, I was really leaning towards the, like, all-halfling party, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, for the nerds out there, the adventure <laughs> I was holding in my hands was Dungeon Module N1 against the Cult of the Reptile God. Uh, instead, you chose to generate your own characters, and I think you definitely knew what the consequence is, which is not only are you going to be rolling your stats straight down, meaning you don't get to choose which Excellent. numbers go where, you're going to be rolling 3d6 straight down, meaning that your characters will be almost certainly worse than the ones that were in this book. You ready, Josh? So... Am I like this is the way you were originally supposed to do it, isn't it? Like none of this I, I, stat point buying shit. I you know I I can't answer that question entirely. Uh, I have not had access to the earliest D and D materials, and they're even hard to get online. But uh, I, I will say that there is definitely a bias towards this kind of rolling in early editions and in early groups. Uh, so, the second edition player's handbook does suggest other methods of dice rolling, but it doesn't really, like, present this front and center with the fear that you won't take it. Like, present the 46 dice rolling with the fear you won't take it. So, anyway, yeah, just right. go ahead and roll your straight, like, average people characters uh, right now. And I think Brock Jones' dice roller actually has a really useful feature where you can just roll an entire, like, attribute stat set of 3d6. So just yep. go ahead and use that and write them down um... and get back to me when they are written down. So we've got six attributes, right? So we're rolling um, six 3d6. Yes, and again, there's there's a stat roller option, so you just like set that to 3d6. Oh, it, oh okay, hit, stat roll. Yeah. Okay, 3d6 strict, I believe, is what we want. Yeah. Right. We don't want to use highest, because that would give me an advantage. <laughs> that would, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, here we go. So, uh, uh, that's actually an interesting role. Okay, uh, um, get get, a, get something to record your characters here, because I'm not, I'm not going to for you. Yeah, here, uh, I don't know if I want to open Excel for this, I'm just going to open fucking Notepad. Uh, okay. There you go. That's what you're, that's what these characters deserve. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. about their lifespan here. Um... Just like, so, uh, you, like you go to Death's Realm, he's got your whole life story in a notepad document. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not even saved anywhere. It's just an open notepad document, you know. It's, it's like, oh, you know how notepad plus plus. 
He's like, you know how Notepad++ will like sort of save a copy of it without you actually having to save it? Yeah, exactly. Um, so should I read this off or should I generate three of these? Uh, generate all three and then and then we'll 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 get to it. Um, okay. Do you know what order the stats are in? Or if not, I'll just tell you at the end and you can sort of match them up. Uh, no, I'm just recording the the roles here. Um, I, I think perfect, I know where perfect. most of it is, but I can't remember exactly. Um, oh yeah, just ro roll roll playing... all the stats and then I'll tell you what order they go in. Yeah, the the RPG I've been playing recently is Pillars of Eternity, and they use a oh, different fuck. stat order. So, I, I swear to God, Pillars of Eternity and Tyranny, I it, it's like they made it just complicated enough that you can't actually follow it as a person. Yeah, it's kind of shit. Um, it's to be terrible. honest, I don't I don't like the combat in Pillars of Eternity at all. And uh, I actually, my my first campaign in Tyranny literally ended like 45 minutes in, and that's including the time that you spend figuring shit out on the character creator, because I died in the second encounter and had to restart from the the like the initial autosave of you are through the character creator, and I was uh... like, fuck this. <laughs> I, I actually was enjoying it, and then I, Mumbles in on the show came in with a random spoiler, and, you know, plug your ears for Tyranny here. It's not actually a major spoiler. It's, it's saying something that doesn't happen. Uh, she pointed out that there was no, like, character, like, romance endings or anything. Like, that there was no, like, relationships yeah. with characters, which is something I felt like that, was kind of being teased. That's a hard rule that Obsidian has had for forever, and it's really annoying. <sighs> I know. Um, but I, then I feel I, like it was I a, actually... a Chris Avalon rule, and since he's not there anymore, maybe that'll change with, like, Pillars of Eternity 2 or something. I don't know. Yeah. So it actually wasn't quite that straightforward. Like, I, I pulled that thread and found out that, like, it was just kind of generally disappointing. And I, I ultimately, I was like, yeah, you know what? I <laughs> yeah. I actually don't, I don't know what I'm sticking around for. I like, it, it's cool, but, like, I don't really need to know how the story ends. Yeah, I haven't actually finished either one. Um, I am working my way through a Pillars of Eternity campaign, and I bought the DLC expansion bit bastard's wound for uh tyranny and my plan is just kind of roll right into that when i'm done with pillars of eternity or uh, yeah tyranny and pillars of eternity i just realized those two words sound very similar i'm loopy um anyway i'm gonna do that it's probably gonna be horrible um i'm done with my characters uh <laughs> these are some uh really interesting i've got one character that's yeah. actually decent, that's actually really decent, uh, and everything oh, well, else that, is totally crap. Go. Um, All I, right, I so, think uh, I've, I've got my I, an idea in mind for two of these characters. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the third one. Did you confirm the stat order, or should I just roll it off for you real quick? It's it's um, strength, dex, con, int, uh, wisdom, charisma, right? That is correct. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, so. Me. Yeah, so um, first character, uh, nine strength, eleven. Decks. By the way, um, I, I should point out to to any layman in the room, um, like ten or eleven is about normal, like about like a normal. Yeah, ten is like your your plus zero roll. Actually, eleven is also plus zero because it goes by um, every two points. Which those are in is those a... are in uh, later, better designed, standardized editions. <laughs> 
but yes, yes. Oh, really? Okay. So we don't even have yeah. the, the, the bonuses uh, codified. Oh. Great. Excellent. No, wow. mother, motherfucker. I, I'm looking at a table right here, table one strength. And it's got like a, for e- like each ability score range. It has like hit probability, damage adjustment, weight allowed, max press, open doors, bend bars, lift gates, which is a percentage roll. And then a section for but, notes. so I can lift the gate a percentage depending on how much. I yeah, uh, yeah. You have a nine strength. Your bend bars, lift gates percentage is one. <laughs> Excellent. Um, anyway, um. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, okay, so... Balance down the gain on my microphone. I'm going to clip a little bit. Um, So... uh, uh, Let's let's start over here. Okay, so 9 strength, 11 dexterity, uh, 10 constitution, 15 intelligence... That's that's a really prodigious roll roll with your 3d6 strict... Uh, 14 the... wisdom. Oh, boy. And 16 charisma. Wow. This person actually is genuinely gifted. Like, this, this yeah, person so... is... Like, if you, if you are a spellcaster and you survive long enough, you can get up to, like, almost 75% of the way through the spell tree. Yeah, so this is probably going to be my wizard slash party leader. Uh, seems to the, be you the qualify. obvious choice In fact, here. You might actually qualify, and this is ball-bustingly hard in this edition, but you might actually qualify for a specialist wizard. We'll get to that later. Yeah, what's what's the specialist wizard that's charisma? Uh, Enchanter. Oh. Hmm. Enchanter is negative invoker, so no fireballs, but... Um, right. Okay, uh, yeah. So, so character two, because we'll we'll get back to that in a second. Um, character two, um, thirteen strength, not too bad. Uh, Eleven dexterity, eight constitution, <laughs> not uh, too bad. Thirteen intelligence, eight wisdom, and twelve charisma. Right there, that is actually, like, a decent-ass character. I should tell you, like, yeah. I'm running a game right now where the characters are, like, up to level 12, and they're, like, fighting Loth in the Abyss, and literally not one of the motherfuckers has a stat above 13, I don't think. And for literally also, like, the highest constitution of the party is, like, 10, and then the rest of the party is, like, <laughs> 5, 5, 6. Yeah, I feel like this is probably going to be my fighter. Yeah, that's that's your fighter right there. Uh, and what is the is next crap? But oh well. What is the uh, next character? Uh, the next character is uh, twelve strength. Um, oh god, what am I going to do with this? Five dexterity. <laughs> um, that's actually low enough. So this game, uh, this edition of the game, like f- your stats don't matter unless they're extreme for the most part, that is actually extreme enough that you start taking penalties to things like using ranged weapons. Yeah. Uh, 11 constitution, 13 intelligence, and 9 wisdom, and 6 charisma. 6 charisma, wow. So, clumsy and unpleasant. Yeah. (laughs) 
You know what? What strikes me is that nobody in your party is stupid. Uh, everyone in your party is like, yeah. you know, they might not have like a 100% common sense. It's the lowest 13. int that I've got. It's, it's nuts. It's, it's, a, it's a, it is a undergraduate university student party or, and um, they're, they all hang out together and uh, one of them happens to be like the TA. <laughs> really clumsy like you know um can fall down stairs from the ground floor kind of clumsy and uh kind of smells really bad <laughs> okay uh now I, I i'm looking here and i think that most of your characters qualify for most races so I like I I don't think I think that there's only like a couple of your characters were like oh you know that they would be disqualified from choosing this race because of stats yeah that's a thing that happens yeah. in this edition. So I'm I, I'm gonna I rattle off the Mister Smells Bad probably can't be an elf. Uh, I believe yeah oh yep no that's the case you cannot be an elf. Um, so I'm gonna rattle off the races here and let me know if any of them stand out for any of your characters. Uh, dwarf, elf, gnome, half elf, halfling, and of course you. Um, I also have my book of humanoids, but nobody wants me to drag that out. <laughs> no, uh, so what? I I can't even remember what the bonus is. Like half elf is pretty much only for doing like wacky multi class stuff. I feel like. Um, yeah, although they're which... really not strictly worse than humans in almost any respects in this edition. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd the, the only thing humans have going... So there's two different ways to multi-class in D&D 2, and it's weird. Oh, boy, is there, and I can never keep them straight for love or money. So, um, normal multi-classing uh, is you are two different classes at once, and you gain experience with um, each class. Like, the experience that you get is split evenly between each class, and you level up each class. Like you're two different um, characters in one character, Yeah, basically. so you basically develop really slowly, um, to the point that it's almost never actually worth it to have a multi-class character, because uh, it takes you forever to get, like, de like, off the ground. Um but you are effectively the the advantages and disadvantages of both of those classes at once. Uh, and then if you're human, you can't multi-class, but you can dual class. So basically what that is, is you start out as one class, and then at some point midway through, switch to a different class, and then that becomes your class for the rest of the game, but you keep the stuff that you had in the first class, um, and then I, can I just level up that other class. Can I just say I'm really impressed at how straight you managed to keep that. And I also want to say multi-class yeah. sounds dumb, but if, what you forget here is that you're in this edition if you're not a human, you've usually got a pretty strict level cap. Like you've got a like a low ceiling on how high level you can get and each level is exponentially yeah. more XP. So, you know, I I've got a game where like yeah, it, it, like the game I was just talking about, most people are one class, and then there's a kobold with like shit stats who comes in, fighter thief, and everyone's like, oh, okay. And plus, also, he came in like halfway through the campaign, and I'm like, I'm gonna go old testament on your ass. You're starting at level one, uh, even <laughs> though everybody's much higher level than you, and you have no equipment. Uh, he was lagging behind for most of the game, and then everybody hit the cap, and guess what? 
he has capped out in two classes now and he's actually he's up there he's he's making it happen uh every everybody else got to the finish line first but when he arrived he arrived in style yeah so the a lot of the multi-class slash dual class stuff that you can do is actually just like totally worthless like you know who wants to be a multi-class wizard thief um nobody there's literally nothing that you can do with that um but uh dual classing especially um you can make some really really broken shit uh and that was my favorite thing to do in um Baldur's Gate 1 my favorite build was a uh human fighter mage that went like four or five levels of fighter and then switched over to um a conjurer and was basically god and could run around wearing heavy armor and uh hitting stuff with a sword and and being basically really really good at not dying to anything in melee um and also just kill everything with spells because wizards are stupid broken in this if like after like level five yeah at some point it very quickly becomes the wizard and the wizard's bodyguards yeah oh that's the other fun thing about my uh my high level party uh they don't have a wizard oh good Nobody's smart enough. Uh, they're they're a fighter thief, a thief, a fighter, and a cleric. Yeah, who, and the who cleric to be a does not have cleric. <laughs> the cleric does not have the wisdom also to to cast any spells above I think fifth level. So that's that's also fun. I want to make a druid thief. I don't even know if druid can multiclass yeah. actually. Uh, a bunch you, of weird you can? restrictions on on what can multi-class and what races can do which multi-class and, and all that kind of nonsense. You can, you can multi-class into Druid if you're a half-elf. Please don't ask me any more about this. <laughs> uh, um, anyway. Yeah, so my party. Um, let's start any non-humans. working this out. Uh, um, why don't we make the um, wizard character... Uh, let's make her an elf uh, just okay. for them sweet elf bonuses that i don't actually remember I, I i'll keep track of them i'm keeping track of I, I will everything for you josh you, i will you spare you from from any wacky multi-class nonsense um i think this is the only character that could do it but um actually no was, she doesn't hit the prime requisites in like strength decks are con to do any kind of useful multi-class with that anyway so no you're gonna want to go full wizard anyway because uh like i said you qualify for enchanter yeah um and you, you can become an enchanter as an elf too ones. so you're, you're you're good for that yeah i don't i don't think i qualify for the any of the what one uses um, wisdom what was your wisdom is there even one uh 14 which I don't think is high. No, enough, but... uh, no. If you had a fifteen or a sixteen, uh, you would qualify for three different schools. But no, sorry. Oh, mm. oh well. Uh, yeah, enchanter. Um, yeah. So the way specialist mage classes work in um second edition is that you get one extra spell per level, which is really really good. Um, because remember this is a a per rest uh thing the you know old D D here um yeah and... and like you get one spell a day basically so this is two spells yeah uh but 
you get locked off from opposing schools to whatever the school um, that you picked was. Like, So being an enchanter, or an enchantress, I guess in this case, because I decided it was a woman, um, doesn't like make you better at using enchant and enchantment spells. It just means that you can't use spells that are opposed to enchantment. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, it does... You do get a bonus to saving throws against it. You get a bonus to learning yeah. the spell. Uh, and when you level, you automatically get new spells. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, oh, you said I? school. I should clarify. Schools. Uh, as yeah. an enchanter, you are barred uh, from necromancy and evocation. Or invocation. It yeah. literally and, cannot and, decide. And, it actually says here in the book. kind of like... It actually says here in the book, invocation slash evocation. <laughs> Yeah, they never really figured out which one they wanted to use. Um, necromancy is kind of eh. Like, what what have you got in necromancy? Like chill touch. Um, Eventually, you some get the bone skeleton raising stuff, but, nonsense. Yeah. yeah um, uh, but Evoker is the one that does all the fireball shit. So no magic missiles. And what's life without a challenge? Chromatic orb is um like conjurer, so I can still like do that, I guess. We'll we'll get to that later. Uh, if, you, if, if you we'll get to that later. Uh, yes. So let's 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 uh, address your other characters real quick. So the dwarf. So 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 you've got a fighter. Uh, want to make that fighter dwarf? You can. I think you can take dwarf. Yeah, provided he has the con for that. Uh, oh wait, what's what's your constitution? It's eight. On the fighter? Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't mean to get your hopes up. Uh, you do qualify what the fuck for can elf. I make the fighter. I think. Uh, what's your other low stat with the fighter? Uh, wisdom. Also eight. Uh, if if everything else is eight or higher, uh, you're you're good for elf. That's it's thirteen, eleven, eight, thirteen, eight, twelve. Yeah, you're fine. Is that it? Yeah. Uh. Well, no. Okay. You know what? You could actually be a, a gnome or, uh. Let's see. Wait. You had a. Okay. No. You could not be a halfling. You're not tough enough to be a halfling, Josh. I'm sorry. Great. <laughs> uh. Or you could be a half elf. Uh. What does gnome get? Uh, gnomes get a plus one to intelligence and a minus one to wisdom. That's not really... I, I was thinking they got some sort of, like, dwarf-ish constitution bonus, but I guess not. Um, well, yeah. No. Uh, um, you can also detect grades or slopes in passages, and you add plus one to your attack rolls against kobolds or goblins. Are gnomes plus even various other random things in modern D&D... I'm sorry, what are still a species? Are gnomes still a species? I feel like they got rolled up into, like, halfling and dwarf at some point. I think they, they're hanging on by a thread. Um, not like let's, a, let's not like make a, a gnome just for kicks. Uh, awesome. I, I have a bunch of shit that I'm going to have to keep track of. I'm just going to give you a few, like, samples just so you, you know it. Um... Anytime you use magical weapons besides weapons, armor, shields, and illusionist items uh, that duplicate, or anything that duplicates thieving abilities, you have a 20% chance of that magic item just, like, completely going haywire. Uh, your magic resistance... Is that just... But... 
Is that don't get because cocky. this person is a dwarf or a gnome? Yeah, just that's because you're not. Uh, you can tell about tunneling. You have infravision, which means you detect like heat signatures in infrared. Great. Um, and you can speak the language of woodland creatures. Oh man, <laughs> this twelve charisma is gonna get put to a lot of use. Yep. Only Actually, technically, technically, you can three. learn the language of woodland creatures if you have. Oh, okay, I don't know it. All right. Uh, you know what? Um, we're not. I'm not going to bother with proficiency. So yeah, we're going to say you can talk to animals. That's your proficiency. All right. Cool. Yeah. No need to to go through the full campaign setup for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, what All right. Do and uh, do <laughs> dipshit number three. We're going to go human. Um. I Wait, sorry. What even are you going to do with anything. that guy? I don't know. Like your your traditional party setup would be wizard, fighter, thief, but this dexterity of five speaks against that plan. Sure does. Uh, let's let's um, let's start with what you even qualify for. What can I even do with a character that can't hit anything? Uh, okay. Well, it has an armor class of like twenty five or something. Because <laughs> higher is worse in this edition for layman. Yes, because um, higher is worse. Let's let's even like let, let's let's approach this uh for like for what classes you qualify for here uh so your strength was twelve okay the good news is you can be a fighter uh <laughs> I don't suppose you have a wisdom of thirteen and a charisma of seventeen you don't qualify for paladin no you will certainly don't qualify for ranger. Uh, what's your intelligence score? 13. Congratulations, you could be a mage. What's your wisdom? Uh, 9. You could be a cleric. Not a great one, I won't lie to you, but <laughs> you could be a cleric. And that's druid it. Druid requires dexterity, doesn't it? No, or druid is wisdom, wisdom of 12 higher. and charisma of 15. I, I, Druid is always fun because Druid is like a really stupid class in in D&D 2. Um, oh yeah, they get... okay, so you, you, the leveling system for Druids, uh, besides experience, is March Madness. Once you hit a certain level, yeah. you literally need to start like fighting people for the right to level up. And... They're kind of a mishmash class, uh, like Bard is in in two. Bard would have been cool to have, um, but I nobody like first character hit the closest. But I think she needed like a Dex of twelve. Yeah, that's precisely the dexterity. You never get Bard when we're doing this because Bard requires like twelve and then like fourteen intelligence and like seventeen charisma or some ridiculous nonsense. I have like in that. my lifetime rolled one Bard straight down. Yeah, um, and then druids get like like druids are kind of useful early on, I think, because they um, level faster than clerics and have access to healing spells. Uh, but how do you know all this they... stuff about the edition? This is not common. I, knowledge. I played a bunch of Baldur's Gate, and Baldur's Gate is kind of like um, learn a bunch of the idiosyncrasies of D and D two as we have applied them to a video game for some fucking reason. <laughs> That's a good point. That that actually that, that uh, all clicks. So this 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 won't go bad. Yeah. Uh, turning this character into a 
mage might actually be the the smartest choice, but I think we're going to go cleric because uh fuck it. Yeah, okay. Um what okay. Uh, what I race do we that. decide on this guy? Uh I think human is the obvious choice. You said it could be a half elf. I like the idea of a half elf that has like the charisma of a rock. Like, oh, uh, wait, what's his dexterity? I actually don't think he qualify for half elf. Yeah, no, that, that's one under. I'm sorry. Nah, he's the boring human sidekick that anyone could be a human. Captain Lame. Yep. We're gonna call you cannon fodder. Yup. What am I even gonna do with this character? This character will die every single time. Can't hit anything. They have no armor class. Okay, so we've got Gnome Fighter, Elf Enchanter, and we've got Human Cleric. Yep. Okay, so can you bring up, uh, just, did you have access to a, like, Dungeon Dragon spellbook from 2nd Edition, perchance? There's uh, a mobile app, no. but... Okay. That's fine. Uh, I, so I'm going to just, like, have this list of pre-spells here, and we'll just we'll 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 figure something out. We're not going to be strictly following every single idiosyncratic rule here. I'm going to be running a lot of it on my end, uh, just for sort of just to keep things flowing. So, uh, right. basically, your priest uh, has access to the whole spell list and prepares it at the beginning of the day, uh, so that like he gets like one spell and he gets to pick which spell that is, and then he can cast it when it comes up. Uh, pretty much the same with your wizard, except that your wizard has a much smaller selection of spells available, as you know. Yep, clerics just get the whole kit and caboodle as they level up, um, and wizards have to learn stuff from scrolls. Alright, uh, now, in the absence of actually remembering how to determine what spells you can start out with, because I'm not sure that they actually nail down an explicit system for it, I think they actually just, like, let you figure it out. Although yeah. I could be wrong on that. Uh, I'm going to have you br just bring up a random number generator. You're going to randomly generate two spells for your wizard spellbook, and then I'm going to, like, let you pick an enchantment spell on top of that. So Okay. Give me a number between 145. That's not something that can easily be rolled here, so I guess I'll just come up with one myself. Let's go with 17. Why not? 17. Featherfall. Great. I don't even know yep, what that is, a... but that doesn't sound good. <laughs> it's 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 not bad. I, I'm not surprised you don't know what it is. It's not particularly relevant to... <laughs> particularly relevant to, like, Infinity Engine games. Featherfall, it's a spell... When you cast it, anything affected by it... Uh, which is anything within 10 yards of you, instantly is slowed down for one round per level in its falling speed. So, like, if you're plummeting to your death uh, and you cast the spell, you, like, in the last few feet, you just, like, sort of gently drift down. Well, I can think of many applications for that spell. <laughs> yep. You can affect 200 pounds plus 200 pounds per level uh, within a 10-foot cube. Right, great. Roll again. Um, speak again. Let's go with 29. 29. Message. God damn it. 
Yes, uh, you can use really message to uh... send memes to your friends. No, um, message when the spell's <laughs> cast. You can whisper messages and receive replies with little chance of being overheard. It lasts five rounds, which is to say 50 minutes? No, five minutes? Um, five minutes, sorry. Five minutes per level, uh, which is five minutes for you. And you, so how it works is when you cast it, you point at somebody uh, and kill... And you can point to one person per level, again, one, and then when you whisper, it, like, travels to them, and they can whisper back. There must be an unobstructed path between whoever is communicating. So my character is, like, a really lame superhero, where, you know, superheroes have the ability to fly and send telepathic messages. My character has the ability to uh, fall slowly sometimes you know, once, uh, and then rest a bit, uh, and whisper to people. Basically correct. Yeah. Uh, and then I get one enchanter spell. Yes, and uh, if you'd like, I can read Um, off the enchantment spells. Yeah, what are are the level one enchantment spells? Uh, in rough order, uh, charm person, sleep, Hypnotism. Uh, let's see. I think that's most of them, actually. Um, what's the difference between sleep and uh, hypnotism? Um, hypnotism like transfixes somebody until the spell is like broken. Sleep it makes somebody fall asleep. Uh, so hypnotism affects 1d6 creatures within an area. They become, oh, susceptible to a suggestion or brief or reasonable sounding request that given at the time the spell is cast. Reasonable sounding, you say? Hmm. Oh, hey, okay, I got the, uh, the spell book installed yeah. on my phone here now. Um, and then we've got, uh, oh, charm person is probably, that seems like the obvious one. And they, yeah, uh, so we'll grab Charm Person, because that's the reason you become an enchanter, or enchantment spells. Right, and for those of you in the audience, how Charm Person works is, basically you cast it, and somebody becomes your friend. A decent, a good friend of yours, instantly, as long as yep. they fail their save. Uh, and that just means like what it means. Uh running got started. Basically, what? Um, yeah, so anyway... Uh, you've got a pre... So you, you downloaded the Spellbook app, so you've got access to yep. free spells. You got, like, I think, yep. I think you just also have one of those per day, so decide what that's going to be before you start. If it's in italics, I don't, I don't know how it's organized, but some pre spells are only for druids. If it looks nature-y, you probably can't cast it. Um... So, hmm... I say that, actually, uh, do you want to be a priest of something specific? What have I got? If you, it's up to you. Uh, there are, there's no deity list in, in the game. Uh, basically, it lets you come up with your own domains, and that will severely curtail the amount of spells you'll have access to, but you also get some kind of special ability relevant to your faith. Um... Character creation's kind of dragged on already for a bit, so let's say no. Uh, the spell that I'm going to pick is Cure Light Wounds, because 
Duh. Yeah, at a guess, Josh, this is not going to be the only evening that it's just the two of us up here. <laughs> no, desperately yeah, trying um, to make a podcast. So, well, it's all for also the good. like December is just a really fucked month in general for our scheduling stuff. So, it's good to have backups. But we should definitely do something in this adventure rather than just do another character creation episode. Oh, oh we're going to. And then have... Oh, we forgot. <laughs> Oh, we're going to, uh, but yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's, I, you know what? That's tell you what. Why don't you just take a moment? I think you've mostly got what you need here. Uh, just like come up with a name, uh, like a line of description in terms of like backstory. Let's say two sentences a piece, two brief sentences a piece, and uh, have a general idea of what equipment they have, and then we'll get started. Oh, this is always the part that takes me. Fortunately, through the magic of editing, you guys don't have to pay attention to that. Um, so, can I get an idea of the the setting that we're in in general? What would you like? Well, you I'm sure you have a module selected. I'm not writing the module. Uh, it was voted against. Oh. So you're coming up with this as we go along. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, you know, we're in classic D&D, so it should probably be something fairly Forgotten Realms-ish. With all okay, of the uh, fun, dumb shit that comes along with that. Well, let's say, like, kind of early, early, like, early, early Renaissance-ish. Okay. Um, so I, I like this idea of um, a bunch of undergraduate students from a university somewhere. Right. Yeah. Let, okay, Josh, we're going to come up with your characters this way, all right? It's very, right. very simple system, uh, one I highly recommend. This is the only thing of value I extracted from the uh, mud syndrome, uh, or syndrome, rather. Uh, if actually, I around for like two hours and couldn't find anything. And the sad part is, it happened before all that. Uh, it's, it's actually some of the best character creation <laughs> advice I've ever heard. We're gonna go with the three whys. Uh, don't think about it too hard. Just answer like the first thing in your head. I'm gonna like you're gonna like tell me one thing about your character, one like little random thing, one weird thing, one thing that makes them different than other characters. And I'm going to ask you why. So uh, let's start with your Enchantress, right? Yeah. So probably the party leader? Unless I want to do something wacky and have, like, Misanthrope Man running the party with his charisma of six. Uh, yeah, this is the party leader. Okay. Probably has good prospects, like, on paper. Seems like actually, like, would mm -hmm. be, make a very good student, possibly even professor material, yet they're going out adventuring. Why? Just simple answer. Why? They're a washed-out teacher's assistant. Okay, great. Why? Um... Simple answer. They don't know how to organize their spellbook correctly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Do you want to go with I that? I memorized the wrong spells. Whoops. You want to go with that one? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, they're they're really okay. bad at priori prioritizing things in their their fucking um their their daily planner. Okay, why? Um, just general reasons, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> Name one. They had a childhood trauma where their father ran off with a secretary. <laughs> Ever since then, they've hated the discipline of of record keeping and believe themselves to be above it. All right, we're going to pencil that well in. That is the three wise system. at a university. <laughs> uh, under less absurd circumstances? And I would argue somewhat in this circumstance. It works very well. Uh, all right, moving on to dumbass McIntyre. Uh, he's pretty shitty at everything, isn't he? He's really unpleasant. Why does he have a charisma of five? Uh, it's actually six. Excuse six. me. Say, uh, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm kind of tempted to go into hygiene. Okay, bad hygiene. Why do you have bad hygiene? Yeah. Because he is convinced that um, he, he's extremely devoted to his god. Um, to require the non-debate. misanthrope. Um, and uh, uh, one of the rituals of this, this is a very obscure god. No, nobody really, there's not actually really a cult to it um, that much. Um, in fact, the god might not actually be a real god because uh, he found... Uh, discovered this god when he was like six and reading some scrolls in his uh mother's basement um that may have just been story scrolls uh but this this god has a very specific um hygiene purity procedure that involves um daily bathing in vegetable oil okay uh why do you follow that religion when he was 16, he managed to fall down a flight of stairs, completely fall down a flight of stairs that he started at the bottom of, <laughs> uh, which is a really remarkable feat. Um, but, you know, at that point he was really tired of being uh, prodigiously clumsy. And became a horrible misanthrope and remembered this god that he'd read about and said, fuck it, I'm going to worship the god that hates everything. Okay, and moving on to the gnomish fighter. Okay, you're a gnome and you're a student, but you're trained as a fighter. Why? Do the gnomes even have fighters? Nope. Uh, this gnome really wants to be a professional wrestler. Awesome. Why? Because when he... I keep going to childhood trauma. Um, <laughs> when he was 12, he went and saw um, a a human um, tournament where there were professional wrestlers, um, and he thought it was really cool, but um, his dad said, uh, that's stupid, um, George. Very gnomish name. Uh but you know ever what? since then, he's wanted to be a a professional wrestler. You know what? We are gonna just go with that. I think I think that that's enough. All right. So just come up with a name for All each right. of them, and we're pretty much ready to start. 
Well, I already um George Bonome. Very mm-hmm. very gnomish name. Um it might be an accident of translation, but nobody really knows. Um the cleric let's, let's, let's do something ridiculous Bogan the Magnificent. Bogan the Magnanimous. I wouldn't go with Bogan, Bogan the Magnanimous, like the, the misanthrope like, uh, cleric. Australian redneck. <laughs> what was that? I said I wouldn't go with Bogan because that's actually a word for like an Australian redneck. Oh, okay. Um, give me give me a, a really posh sounding British name. Um, that is not Cuthbert. If not Phineas. Um... Oh, Phineas. Okay. Phineas okay. the Magnanimous. Um, it's quite possible that he does not actually understand the, the definition of the word magnanimous, but, you know, he does have an intelligence of 13, so you never know. <laughs> and, uh, what about the Enchantress? Um, Susan. Susan. I like it. Yep. Just Susan. Only one more thing left before we go, before we just, like, get started here, which is, uh... Go ahead and, and with Brock Jones' online die roller, roll me a four-sided die. All right. Where did I put that? Here we go. Uh, 1d4. 1. All right. You know what that is, don't you? Um, a critical miss. That is Susan's hit points. Oh fuck! <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving right on. Roll one d ten. Two. <laughs> okay. That's George's hit points. And let's see. I, I think it's d eight, but let me go ahead and check here. Uh. Yep. Roll one d eight. Five. How does this happen? Oh boy, uh, Phineas has a has, I think five hit points. Wait, what's his constitution again? Um, eleven. Yeah. Okay. Actually, oh shit. Uh, wh- what is the what constitutions do you have again? This is relevant. Uh, Susan is ten. George the gnome is eight, and Phineas the magnanimous is eleven. Okay, everybody's over the threshold where they would start losing hit points. Fortunately, because. Boy, do you have precious few to spare. Well, at least the guy with five decks got the most hit points. I mean, I, you know, he could have had one HP. That, that, Although one would, one would wonder how someone so clumsy would have survived into an adulthood with, with one HP. <laughs> Find a way to trip on a rock and impale himself. All right, Josh, so your adventuring party is fresh out of college or on break or whatever you, you have it. By college, we're going to go with semesters. a local university. Uh, and yeah, it is, it is very much a community college. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah. Okay, so you're between semesters. Uh, where are you right now? Um... I don't know, presumably in the world. Let let's make an easier question. What are you what are your characters eating for dinner right this moment? Well, 
they're undergraduate students, so whatever the equivalent of whatever the Renaissance equivalent of microwave ramen is. But here's the lead into the question: You could come up with anything to fill that in, and using that answer, I will determine where this game will start. Um, we're gonna say unseasoned porridge. Okay. You are all crashing in a monastery on the Great. edge of the Ridgeback Woods. There is a single toll road that goes through the Ridgeback Woods that is maintained by the local baron. If you step off of the woods, you're probably going to be eaten by trolls or werewolves or whatever the hell they have out here. Uh, if you stay on the path, you're just going to be assaulted by other pilgrims, uh, hoping to hand you various, like, trinkets or, like, maps to the local shrine where they'll try to sell you tickets to see the relics. You're on this road because the other end of it is a theatrical production of The Three Gnomes of Altengeld which is the funniest comedy any one of the universities ever seen. They were all yucking it up about it, talking about how great it was, but the players left while you guys were all down with the flu. So. Great. So so our goal is to get to the comedy production. Yes, you've got a lot of miles to go. you got to follow this road through the woods, got to cross a mountain range, and then probably book passage across, like, a gigantic landlocked sea uh, so that you can reach the next production in one month's time. So, good luck! Excellent. All right, like I said, you're crashing in a monastery. Um, there's a couple other scroffy-looking characters, human pilgrims mostly, who are sitting eating their own porridge with no sign of pleasure whatsoever. And suddenly, the heavy-ass rotten doors to the monastery swing open, and on the other side, you see a man limping in, bleeding. Okay. What do you do? Um, I, I don't think my characters do anything immediately. They just kind of <laughs> watch. <laughs> just kind of watch the show. Man, All right, the bleeding man. This isn't their monastery. Fucking, that guy's weird. Huh. Alright, so the, the straw color, the straw haired man collapses to the ground. It looks like he's in his mid thirties. He's bleeding. He's he's shrieking and he he cries. The birds, the birds, they followed me. They followed me. He stands and tries to reach for some of the monks who take a brisk step back, uh, believing Ill, mental illness to be contagious and believing this man to possess. Uh, gradually, a Doors open, monks start filtering out, and uh, an actual priest with some healing ability directs the other monks to frog march this dude away to be treated. In the meantime, nobody's shut the door, and some of the other diners are looking towards it with some slight concern. What about y'all? George the Gnome heroically uh, volunteers to walk up to the doors, and slam them shut with his incredible 13 strength. Okay, as you do that, and as, as the doors are swinging shut, you see framed against the dusk sky uh, black splotches passing indistinctly 
not particularly in the shape of birds. You don't make it anything distinct, but they, they then dip below sort of the tree line, and you see them no more. And then, of course, the doors close. Right. That was weird. Certainly was. We got any more porridge? You do have more porridge. The rest of the day passes uneventfully. Great. Uh, the next morning, the bells ring to awaken each of you uh, to do your chores to stay for the day. Uh, the reason this is going to happen is that it is raining heavily outside. We're talking torrential rain. So the road is basically a mud river at this point, I assume. Yep, I mean, you could you could head out there, but I, I warn you, George is going to be underwater. <laughs> um, Phineas the Magnanimous, um, rather than perform his chores uh, like the misanthrope he is, he uh, recruits other pilgrims to his cult to get the chores to to get them to do the chores for him. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna have you roll for this one because I because I think this is gonna okay. be amazing. Uh, go uh, ahead and roll a charisma check. That is a twenty sided die, and you want to roll under your charisma, equal to or under. What if it's equal to my charisma plus ten? <laughs> that is a unqualified failure. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, like I said, unsuccessfully. Yeah, they, they hear your pitch, they listen carefully, and they volunteer, absolutely, to do your chores, without reservations. Uh, your first chore was to uh, make the beds. Uh, at some point, you pass through the beds and discover that, like, bags of sand and animal feces have been dumped all over all of them. <laughs> Phineas nods approvingly. <laughs> Your next job was to take care of the horses. Uh, you currently hear some shouting from the courtyard, uh, and then hear the unmistakable sound of somebody being kicked through a door. Phineas just looks on with an approving gaze, and turns to Susan and says, I think I've really got something here. These guys are really receptive to my ideas. Okay, we're going to cut to this evening uh, when the monks are pushing the entire party out of the door uh, into the <laughs> dwindling rainfall in the middle of the night. All right, so uh, after beating up Phineas and taking his uh, share of the money, um, <laughs> Susan, George, and Phineas decide that they basically don't have much choice but to travel through the rain and the mud so they set out on the path um do they have any i don't have an inventory do they have any like torches or uh, well you know what no uh george and susan have infravision so they can kind of see in the dark so they don't fucking care and phineas just has to kind of <laughs> muddle around <laughs> just like rolling after them they they take his torches and throw them in the mud so that he can't like them <laughs> fucking bullshit guys uh it's okay he'll float he's covered in oil yeah wait actually does that mean he'll sink i don't know i'm realizing something actually that phineas probably has some sort of um we'll call it a racial weakness to fire 
<laughs> oh boy. Better hope the rain keeps up. All right. Uh, now I'm going to roll on a table here. Uh, it's actually one of my favorite tables. In second edition, do you know what table that is? The encounter table. No, not that. In fact, uh, there is no standardized encounter tables in second edition. They encourage you to create your own. Yeah. No, Josh. My favorite table is chance of getting hopelessly lost. Oh, no. You are right to be concerned. All right, here we go. Uh, let's Let's count up our modifiers here. All right, so... This is thick forest, so you have a 70% chance of getting lost. Uh, it's raining, so that's plus 10%. Uh, mm. Darkness, that's another plus 70%. Uh, so we're up to 150% <laughs> chance of getting hopelessly lost. Excellent. Uh, and these are additive, of course. And, oh, yeah, they're just directly additive. Um, there's a poor trail which is good, that gives you minus 10%, so that's a 140% chance of getting hopelessly lost. Uh, and, yeah, there's, like, signage and directions, so we'll, we'll, we'll be... It, that's variable percentage. Uh, we'll be nice and say that it all comes out to 95% chance of getting hopelessly lost. Gee, how did I guess that you were going to pick... A 1d20, or a, a, a critical success chance. <laughs> On a d20, hmm. Nice. Alright, um, I'm just gonna roll this shit, and I'm gonna tell you that I got a 20, even though I won't. Uh, no, 14. Damn, I was really hoping you did a critical success, so that I could inform <laughs> you that I had already rolled. Oh, yeah, no, it's uh, you got you 17 roll? under 95, so guess what? So I rolled <laughs> hopelessly lost. Well, it was bound to happen. Yep, uh, the, the, the crappy trail through the woods has completely failed you at this point. Uh, the signage has done you no favors. Uh, it's nighttime, it's raining, uh, you're relying on your infravision. It's just, it's a shit show. Uh, you hear all kinds of horrible growls and gurgles and you know josh i think remember how i told you there's no encounter tables in second edition yeah it's very true uh there's no encounter tables anywhere in the second edition dungeon master's guide so i'm not going to be rolling any two encounter tables you know what i got here josh you're just gonna say we encounter something aren't you a first edition dungeon master's guide oh no how do you even have that? Use bookstores, motherfucker, and also you can order re-releases. I think it would be really fun at some point to do a, like, serious, like, D&D 1 as early as we can get it campaign, because... <laughs> oh, like, back, you know, you, you talking like Elf as a class, old D&D? Yeah, Elf as a class. Oh, man, you gotta know what you're asking here. That's, that's some, that's the raw shit. Okay, let's see. Let's see, well, deep forest, I did say deep forest. You know what the fun thing about this encounter table is, Josh? There's probably a lot of fun things on that encounter table. Oh, no, no, not the fun things on it. The fun thing about it, but you are what right. Is the, why don't you tell me, what is the funny thing about this? Or the fun thing? <laughs> it is not, it is not scaled to level. <laughs> 
What? Yep. Okay, what does that okay. even mean in this case? So we're just uh, uh, oh, you ran into a beholder. Oh no, 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 oh no, no, that would not happen. Beholders are on a different table. Oh, okay. You ran into a boreal dragon or something. I don't know. What is even on what? a deep forest encounter table? Well, you're hopelessly lost, so you're going to have plenty of opportunities to find out. Yeah, well, just like, what's the worst thing I could encounter here? Like, what's the the most... I, I could tell you, but I actually won't, because monster. I'm really hoping that at some point we're just going to roll it. <laughs> Great. Oh, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. This party has the offensive power of a oh, wet boy. noodle. Okay, uh, you're not as unlucky as you could have been. Oh, well, that's not fun. Okay, uh, so, like I said, there's all kinds of shriekings and, like, sort of groaning noises, and suddenly you see the branches ahead of you shake and raindrops rattle off of them uh, as down into the brush drops an, an ape-like creature. Uh, he, he's about the size of a gorilla, but he has a long tail... Because he's an ape-like creature. Okay. Uh -huh. Off to a rocking good start here. Second edition. Uh, he has short, dirty fur, but his paws and feet are stained bloody red. He opens his mouth and howls. All right. Uh, now what we're going to do is you're going to declare actions for each of your characters. Um. Okay. So Susan being uh, somewhat... Uh, savvy and wise here uh, attempts to communicate holds up her hand and says hello there uh, and then Phineas the Magnificent or the Magnanimous probably also the Magnificent um, says fuck this shit and Leroy Jenkins uh, at the monster immediately and tries to um, hit it because that's what clerics do um, does he have a mace yes what like what are my characters even wearing? Um, uh, I, I've given you random. I've given you appropriate armor, and you can okay. have any reasonable weapon. Right, George the gnome, seeing that shit has gone bad, uh, also jumps in to try to prevent Phineas from, um, you know, tripping on a branch or uh, some dirt or a mote of dust or the rain. Uh, and also moves in to attack. Okay. Uh, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll initiatives for every person involved. And uh, everybody plays out their actions in the order that they succeed in the initiative. So this is very important for situations where one character says, I run in to attack the goblins in melee. Yep. And one character says, I fireball the goblins. Okay. okay. Uh, what do I do here? I, I'm handling all this. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, bad news. It goes first. Oh. It gets four attacks. Uh, okay. Hit, 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 hit. <laughs> Someone is dead. Uh, all right, I'm going to break down for you. Uh, every single member of the party's dead. <laughs> <laughs> or are they? Do I need to save? Uh, you smell burning punk. And 
hear a hear like a, a jubilant band? song and no, no no punk as in like dry wood and you hear your jubilant chant and your characters uh become dimly conscious to find themselves hanging upside down from a tree branch uh about 20 feet above the ground down there uh in kind of like a down like maybe five or ten feet there's like kind of a, a nest of branches and twigs and twine and rope and what looks like human tents uh upon which are crouched like a dozen of these creatures including lots of young i, I assume by by human tents you mean tents that were made by humans and not like tents yes. made out of like human skin yeah these things are clearly crafty but maybe not on that level uh, for some reason i went to the second one first and then i backed up <laughs> well you're not wrong to have those instincts because uh down below that nest is a midden pit where there is a whole shitload of bones including lots of uh awfully human shaped ones uh, I guess we'll suspend the immediate question of why the fuck is the party not all dead right now? Um, uh, well, the real answer for that is there's actually a on death's door rule uh, where oh. you do not automatically die uh, when you go below hit points and where you can be stabilized uh, when you go below zero. Uh, the Sioux monsters have stabilized you to keep you alive temporarily, perhaps hazarding that you are no special risk. <laughs> So the the three of them are hanging upside down um, from it, like just in in a line from a tree branch, basically. That is correct. And down below you, there, there there's the whole tribe of Sioux monsters just sort of dancing around and like going about their business. Right. Uh, some of them are making crude tools, uh, from, yeah, napping stone with stone. Um, some of them are feasting on what looks like uh, a dead like deer of some kind. Uh, a juvenile deer uh they're they're roasting bits of it in the fire before picking it out with their bare paws and eating it raw okay so phineas opens his mouth to yell at them uh susan shuts him up by saying fuck you phineas and then punching him in the jaw um you're, you're both weak so this has no real effect yeah uh but he definitely doesn't defend against it because he has a dexterity of five uh then Susan turns to George and says, hey, can you talk to these dudes? That's a good question. No, George cannot communicate with the Sioux monsters. Okay. What is this gnome good for? <laughs> Only communicating with small woodland creatures. Small woodland. George summon an army of butterflies or small birds or something to save them i can tell you if one of those is nearby yeah uh oh is it still like night and raining or is it like daytime it's nighttime now? but the rain has ceased okay so it hasn't been that long since the party got wiped new no. you're all at one hit point also yeah so Susan is actually just perfectly fine. <laughs> yep, basically yes. Uh, it turns out that being slathered with greasy, like, monkey creature poultice is just Susan's ground state of health. Yeah. Um, uh, what's holding them up? Are they tied uh, to the tree? 
you look up, it looks like there's some kind of cable uh, made from twisted fiber, plant fibers, which is suspending you to a stout branch of one of these trees. Uh, up there, you do see a okay. few squirrels uh, just sort of gambling about and, like, staying well out of reach of the Sioux monsters. Okay, uh... Are we right above the the partying um, soup monsters? Soup monsters. Yeah, basically right above. Okay. Like, is it like where is the pit in in relation to this? Like, is it also uh, basically right directly underneath? It looks like the this. It looks like the soup monsters can basically just like feed their refuse through gaps in the nest and drop it down. Right. Okay. So Susan gets together and talks to George, says, I got a plan here. Um, can Susan have, like, a, a hidden dagger or something? Sure. Okay, she pulls out the dagger um, and basically just tells the other two to, um, if they can pull themselves up and, like, grab onto the bit of the the rope that's above where it actually attaches to their legs or whatever. Um, and she's going to cut that down and, and then they're going to drop. She's going to cast Featherfall and they'll land in the pit and hopefully be able to sneak off. Okay. Interesting plan. Let's see how this goes down. <laughs> yeah. going to roll some dice. Okay. Okay, so, uh, what's, so again, uh, you're going to be drifting down... Um, you're, they're probably gonna see you if you just drift straight down. What was your What was your plan for that again? Hope that they don't. Hope that they don't. Yeah, I mean okay. they're partying. They're they're having a good time. They're eating dinner. They're not looking at the fridge. Yeah, it's not it's not impossible that you're correct. Oh, by the way, I should point out that besides uh, your weapon, your, your dagger. Um, your weapons are located in the center of the nest, uh, in kind of an impromptu right. treasure hoard. Yeah. Those, those are probably fucked. Yeah. Okay, uh, you know what? You sever the ropes and cast the spell and drift slowly down. Uh, fortunately for you, it's late at night. A lot of the tribe is kind of sleepy or, you know, busy, uh, taking care of their own business. Uh, none of the creatures actually notice. Uh, a lot of them are also cool. blinded by the firelight that they're staring directly into. And you guys are kind of, you know, you're kind of at the, the fringe of the, the nest, so it, it, it works out. You alight gently in the maze of bones. Uh, the forest stretches off in all directions with no clear indication of which way's which. Okay. Um, is... Like, is the pit in the center of the camp, or is there, like, a side of the pit that's just, like, like off in the forest, and, and we can just, like, run? You can just run. Okay, before that, um, George and Phineas pick up uh, human femurs, or the equivalent, uh, as primitive clubs, just so that they have something, you know? Um... Alright, you dig into the... Okay, when you dig into the treasure pile, you discover that it is not quite as base as you had guessed okay is it acidic instead oh why is that give me some <laughs> i don't know what that means so yeah no, give me give me a second Sorry. what it means is that the sioux monsters uh 
not entirely able to differentiate uh, useful goods from bits they don't need anymore, uh, actually have some treasure in the bone pile that you discover oh. uh, in the moment it takes you to pick through and grab an appropriate femur. And I'm going to roll that treasure right now. All right, uh, so first you discover fucking nothing. Excellent. So we find treasure that is nothing. Yes. And you also discover a backpack, uh, which is full of holes and extremely heavy. Great. Well, no, it's full of something. But, like, this might not be the moment you take to open it up and take inventory. Right. Okay. Um, George the Gnome picks that up and uh, slings that over his back. Um, and the three of them wisely decide that since they all died immediately last time, they should probably get the fuck out of Dodge, um, pick the side of the pit that is furthest away from the, uh, center of the camp and book it. Sounds good to me. All right. Uh, I already rolled encounters. You get no encounters. Uh, you are... <laughs> I was kind of hoping <laughs> you just have the party die immediately afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you get some distance away uh, and check the contents of the backpack, I take it. Inside you find yep. some very large quantity of golden coins. You've Excellent. apparently discovered a backpack of 700 gold coins. What the fuck am I going to do with 700 gold? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know, pay for one semester? Probably die before I get to use it at this rate. Uh, Well, I mean... Not necessarily. Hire someone uh, else to go to the concert because fuck this shit and tell you about it later. <laughs> <laughs> I do have some good news for you, Josh. Yeah. Aside from the 700 gold. Right, yes. Uh, it is now dawn and it is no longer raining. You know what that means? Excellent. Do I need to do more encounter rolls? Encounter rolls? Not, not, not yet. But there's another uh -huh. role, isn't there? Uh... No. Good old C-O-G-H-L. Chance of getting hopelessly lost. God damn it. So you're right in the thick forest now, so that's 70%. Um, it is... Yeah, I'm going to say that you can see the mountains, so there's some landmarks. Uh, so you don't get the plus 50 for no distinguishable landmarks. It's no longer dark. Um, there's no navigator. You've cited the landmarks, so that's minus 15, so you're down to 55%. Is it at least, like, clear skies so we can tell where the sun is? Uh, no, it's overcast, so that's actually another plus 30%. Thank you for reminding me. Alright, so you have an 85% chance of getting hopelessly lost. Great. You rolled over 85. You 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 My find God. the trail again. Oh, well, that you makes stagger back. You stagger back uh, onto the path. This like bloody, battered, haunted by visions of chattering Sioux monsters. Weighted down with gold that belonged to somebody whose descendants you hope never to meet. Uh, and continue onwards with the adventure or do you go back with your money the civilization 
I mean, that's probably the smarter thing to do. But let's be honest, Red Scarn, are these smart people? They aren't. Uh, all right, Josh, you want to call it there for tonight? Yeah, that was uh, that was certainly a thing that happened. <laughs> all right, we'll save see. those characters. Um, yeah, I've got it saved in a text file, dd2caresheet.txt. Um, right. I, I want to... All right, before we go out here, I want to give two quick disclaimers. Uh, number one, uh, this is not in every respect a typical session of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, generally, there's much less cruel random odds and much more having an interesting story. And also, uh, I, I've been playing, you know, usually there's a little more like back and forth and texture and building scenes. Uh, this is just Josh and I kind of screwing around here. Yeah. Um that that is kind of the idea but hey on the other hand our party got kicked out of a monastery lost in a forest ran into uh what level was that monster by the way uh there's no encounter levels but i can look up how much experience it's worth yeah got your ass ungraciously kicked yeah everybody died and then somehow managed to escape from the clutches of death with a quest reward worth of gold and uh, managed to make it back to the path. Like, that is far better than I expected this party to go. All right. Uh, I, not to add insult to injury, but it's worth only 650 experience. That's not even enough for one person to level up <laughs> at this point. This is practically what? This is practically a fair encounter, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, was there a chance of me actually beating it, provided that it did not immediately kill everyone? Uh, let's see, it has an average of, like, 50 hit points. 50 hit points. No, what, I'm sorry, it has an average class? of, like, 25 hit points. It has an armor class of 6, which means that uh, your oh. fighter hits mm. it on average on a roll of about, like, 13. Yeah. Um, Phineas... Can Phineas even hit it at all? Yeah. Does it does it require a crit? No, no. Um, actually, that 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 that's sort of an important point. Uh, dexterity only affects ranged weapons attacks, and even in that, oh, in your case, right. only, and even that in your case, only Dex barely. Affected... Hmm. I should give him a bow just just to make it like the worst character. <laughs> you <laughs> can't use a bow as a cleric, but. Give him a all right, well, that, that's all for the adventures of George, Susan, and Phineas. Uh, we'll return next time and find out what is up with those weird birds and how many of your characters can I kill with them? Oh, yeah, the plot hook where we were in an Alfred Hitchcock movie for the first five minutes. Mm, stay tuned.